Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 35th episode of The Soccer Scene with myself, Adrian Finnan, and joined once again by Noel O'Connor. Noel, an absolute huge week for Treaty United, admittedly in their short time as a as a, an organisation, a football club. It's the biggest week in their history, the short history. We'll build up to the Derry game as it goes on. Obviously, we'll continue our usual format where we'll review the game from last week in the first division. As it turned out, Noel, the result was immaterial, Treaty Lost 3-0 to Waterford in the RSC. Waterford, a really informed team at the moment, but because of the result in Cork, where Wexford failed to beat Cork, and we'll obviously go on to Cork as well later in the programme, Treaty were guaranteed a playoff position, guaranteed fifth place. So I suppose it, it, it was a funny one, Noel. It was a mixed emotions. Obviously, everyone was delighted because you know, you're know you not going into the final two match days hoping for Wexford not to win a game. But I suppose the, the, the performance was was a bit flat, really. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it was important. You know, we are talking about the biggest game in Treaty's history coming next Sunday. I think it was important that that playoff place was nailed down. You know, that it wasn't a kind of a gnawing thing in the back of their mind that, just say, if Wexford had nicked a goal there in the last minute and turned us across, it would have been a, certainly a disaster for Cork with the crowd that was there as well, but uh, would have brought the game or the that final place to the last game of the season. And, you know, I think... It's important for Treaty this week that they that they have only one focus, you know, and that is the game against Derry, and and they weren't thinking about the the final league game of the season. Um, certainly a disappointing game in Waterford. I thought, um, thought Waterford were well up for it. Um, you know, we might make an excuse for for Treaty being in the semi final of the FAI Cup until you remember that Waterford United are also in the semi final of 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 the FAI Cup, and certainly um. In terms of positioning in in the table now, you know, for the last few months we've been talking about uh, a Treaty Galway game, and that they would have no fear against Galway. It's looking more like it'll be a Treaty Waterford um playoff game now, and certainly um they seem to have the Indian sign over um Treaty, particularly in in the last three games. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the focus has shifted, hasn't it, as you mentioned, because it was just everyone you spoke to was saying, well, they might give Galway a really good game because they have three and Galway games have been notoriously close, um, you know, throughout the last two seasons with, with John Caulfield and Tommy Barrett's side, it's been really close. But then there was that realisation factor hit around, I think it was around the 80th minute when Atlone, you know, took control of that game, could have been even later, I think it might be the 85th minute when Atlone got a winner. Uh, in Galway, which really wasn't expected. That was Atlone's first win in Terryland Park since 1997. Um, I know they haven't been in the same division, but no one was expecting that result, I suppose, which really threw everyone off kilter. So all of a sudden now you're looking at it, Waterford in, in pole position with the form that Galway are in um, to make that second place. And it's certainly, you know, not the fixture that, that three United going on the, the fixtures this season would have wanted. Certainly not. And you look at the goals, I think, outside the the first game the treaty won two one when Waterford were down to ten men, you know, maybe early in the first half or certainly midway through the first half. I think it's two it's two, three and, and, and four goals that Waterford have scored and you compare that to how difficult Galway have found um, you know, to take chances against uh Treaty. So certainly in terms of the playoff, I think it's a very difficult one. I think it's you know, where we'd say that they have a bit of an Indian sign over them certainly in the last few months, and it reminded me a bit of uh, the way UCD played last year in the playoff where they attacked the wide areas. I think we've touched on it a few times that the teams that seem to do well against um, 
Treaty are the teams that really attack the wide areas and certainly that 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 double prong attack from the fullback and the wide player in Waterford has certainly uh, inflicted a lot of damage in Treaty, particularly over, over over the last three games. Yeah, certainly. And that was one noticeable thing, Noel, wasn't it? You know, Dara Power and Tamisa Soboale, the left and right fullbacks respectively, were hugely influential, excuse me, for Waterford as well. Um, you know, really Willie Armstrong and Stephen Christopher, if they switched off for one second. Power and, and Sabuela are gone by them and then Sabuela set up a goal as well uh, for Raul Uche which made a 2-0 for half time that was probably the death nil but uh, on top of that as well then because of the quality that Phoenix Patterson and Junior Quaterna have on the, the flanks you know they, they gave her a really torrid night to, to Mark Ludden and Ben O'Reardon on, on Friday Absolutely and look I to be honest with you I was quite disappointed with with the efforts of Stephen Christopher and Willie Armstrong out of possession. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, with, with the playoff plays secured, you're wondering, would Tommy and the coaching staff be thinking, should we not put the 11 that we think that are going to start against Derry into this game? And in fairness to Waterford, you know, their their method of playing, if you like, is not that dissimilar to, uh, to Derry, who are quite strong in the wide areas and like to attack those, uh, those wide areas of the pitch as well. Uh, I'm not so sure if that's what the thinking was, but certainly if, if it is going to be a case of Stephen Christopher and Willie Armshaw in the wide areas, they're certainly going to have to work a, a hell of a lot harder than they did last Friday night when uh, Treaty are out of possession. And you would expect similarly to Friday night where they didn't see a lot of the ball. They're unlikely to see a lot of it against um, Derry next Sunday either. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of wide players, Noel, it was another frustrating night. And I know from speaking to Joel Castrain, he's incredibly frustrated with his injury record uh, at Treaty United. You know, he'd be in for a game, starting a couple of games, then he'd be gone for another couple of games, back on the substitutes bench. It's just been very stop-start uh, for him. Same thing happened again the other night, brought off the substitutes bench. I think he was barely on 12 minutes uh, when he had to, to go off again. I suppose just looking at it from a broad point of view, Noel, like, you know... Joel has been with a few clubs now in the League of Ireland. He's he's been with Cork City. He's been with Athlone. Obviously, been with Shamrock Rovers. Like we said, I mean, when you go back to your hometown club after all those clubs, you know it kind of strikes you as as, as a last chance saloon sometimes at, at League of Ireland level. Um, you know to to make a case to to stay at this level. So you know with the injury record, I wonder will, will we see Joel in three D colours next year. Yeah, look, it's disappointing to see a guy come on and, and go off within 10 or 12 minutes. It wasn't that apparent what happened either. I don't know if, if we've heard what the problem was. Um, he's certainly a guy with a lot of potential, and we've said it. Um, mm-hmm. Seems to, you know, play better when he's when he's confident. And um, look, I, I don't think he's going to any other League of Ireland club, certainly. But in terms of maybe will he be with Treaty next year? I suppose he'd have to go through the pre-season again. You know, if there's a few issues that that need to be ironed out. He's still very young and has a lot of talent. We speak about local players, you know, and we want to see the local players there. And Actually, the last Limerick, um, Limerick representative in the squad, Noel, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I would believe it. I don't see a huge amount coming through, say, yet from the underage either. And uh, look, it would be disappointing if, if we didn't see him play anymore. He certainly has, the, he has that potential. And I suppose, you know, on balance, he'll probably get another shot at it next year, I'd say. 
Yeah, and obviously, I think Martin Coughlin is another one, actually, Noel, uh, to correct myself, that he's an Abbey Field native, I think. So that's two, uh, for sure, um, in the squad from from Limerick. Obviously, we know there's a plethora of, of players from the likes of Galway as well. Um, I suppose just to finish on last week, Noel, obviously Cork City were league winners. Apparently, Alex Moody, the Wexford goalie, had a really uh, inspired night, uh, kept them out. You know, I suppose stopped the the party, the winning party, I suppose. But they that wouldn't have mattered once the final whistle went at Cork City and they returned to the Premier Division. A really good achievement, Noel. It must be said because you know it wasn't that long ago. Myself, yourself, and and now Jason O'Connor, who isn't with us anymore on the podcast, were speaking about Cork like last year about the pressure that Colin Healy was under. I mean, they finished sixth in the league table, but he added a lot to the squad. He brought in experience like Ali Gilchrist. Rory Keaton turned out to be a very good signing for them when we had our reservations about him as well. Um, you know, and with the pressure that comes with that Cork job, you know, Colin Healy has delivered after in his second season. Absolutely, it's fantastic for them. Look, they'll be delighted to get back up there and look, if it was a big test to get out of the first division, I think it'll certainly be even a bigger test to stay in the in the Premier League. You saw what Shelburne had to do last year. They changed their manager. You know, we spoke about it here. We're not sure if there's even one member of the squad still mm-hmm. there, who was there, you know, as part of that league-winning side. And I think, you know, there'll be a lot of work to do in in, in, in Cork as well. The standard of that Premier League has really gone gone high across the board, I think, unlike before, where you might have had one or two teams that were a bit ahead of the rest. You know, certainly the standard is really, really high. But Cork, like, the, in fairness, when they are in the Premier, they do get the crowds, they do get the the commercial support as well but I think it's it's another busy off season if you like for Colin Healy and some of the lads that maybe have got them to that Premier League mightn't be the ones that'll keep them there but we'll wait and see how that um, goes in the in, in the off season Yeah I think when we were researching it Noel earlier in the year I think we picked five players that remained in the Shelburne squad as a whole which just shows you the turnover like when you generally have a squad of about 22 players uh, in pre-season very full first team players uh, but just to go on your point, Noel, and, you know, we were, you know, dis- distraught, I suppose, in some ways in Munster uh, last year when you looked at the the way the Premier Division layout was. We finally have a Munster team back. I mean, you know, we have a rivalry with Cork City in, in most sports and obviously um, we, we we slag about Cork City's maybe arrogance in some ways. But I have to say I'm delighted to, to see Cork City back in the Premier Division and have a Munster representative. We might have two, depending on how Treaty and Waterford do uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, it, it is great. And as you said, they always are a great addition to the league. And hopefully this time, Noel, it'll be a bit more stable for, for a longer period. Yeah, I think so. You know, in fairness, a lot of he signed a, a lot of young players as well. You know, the likes of Leon Britton and um, a couple of more lads like him and there's goals in them and they'll relish the opportunity to play in that Premier League. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Ali Gilchrist stays with them. Surely he'll want a shot at the Premier League at this stage. I thought it was an, an interesting one for him to mm-hmm. to go to Cork and not stay with Shelburne and have a chance in, in the Premier, but he'll certainly get his opportunity now. But look, I mean, the potential there is massive in Cork. It always is. And uh, hopefully they'll stay up there and we'll get one or two more months of representatives up there in the next couple of years. Hopefully. And and speaking of that, Noel, without going into the specific Ali Gilchrist case, but I know I, I talked to you about it maybe two or three weeks ago. And there is, isn't there a certain level of player that sometimes don't really actually want to go to the, the top tier? We mentioned it when you were the manager. You know, you have certain players that just moved to clubs. They'd get promoted out of the first division, but they just go to one of the favourites in the first division again next year and never play 
in the Premier. Maybe that's from work reasons. I'm not fully sure, to be honest with you. But, you know, maybe Ali Gurkhurst might be one of them as well. He might be, but we spoke about a few heartbreakers, all right, like Andy Myler, who break your heart with that loan. And then the following year, he turned up with Drad or someone. And Trevor Vaughan was another one who, I think, broke my heart for about four years in a row. And Four um, different clubs. That, yeah, but four different clubs is right. And then you have, like, it just shows you the golf and standard, really. Look, uh, my own ex-club, Danny Furlong, highest goal scorer in the first division when Wexford won the league. And I think that he, he may well have got three goals the following season in in the Premier, so there's, let's not be under any illusion, you know, of of, of the golf in, in, in the standard. I know, obviously, we're looking at one-off games in the Cup, but over that 36-game schedule, you know, it's certainly very attritional and, and only the real best um, can stay up there. Absolutely, and there's no time like the present, Noel, to move on to the, the big semi-final on Sunday. It's live on RT2, 2 o'clock. Uh, Treaty United travel to the Ryan McBride Brandywell to play Derry City. Noel, we, we mentioned it already maybe three weeks ago when the draw was made. It, it couldn't have been worse in, in a lot of ways. Obviously, there's a 4G pitch, which obviously Treaty admitted themselves. They haven't exactly been brilliant on this season, particularly against that lone town. Um, and Tommy Barrett said they, they would have to improve against Maynooth. And obviously, he'd be hoping for an even bigger improvement against uh, Derry on that surface. But, um, you know, the, the huge vocal Derry crowd that will be there um, as well, Derry second in the Premier Division. I mean, it's a it's an absolutely mammoth task, isn't it? Well, it is, and that's kind of the beauty of it all. That you know they've not to lose going there. They've secured their their playoff place. It was interesting. I, I heard Rory Higgins talking a few years uh, a few weeks ago talking about how it would be to great hit, you know to lead Derry City into an FAI Cup final, and that was you know before the semi final. So you know probably was a bit of a Freudian slip for him. Um, they'll certainly be up against it as well, you know, and the pressure will be on them to do well if 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 um Treaty can keep it scoreless, like you know, for 15, 20, 25 minutes in the first half. I know myself what it's like up there. Um, they're certainly gonna have to work tremendously hard, a lot harder than, than they worked last Friday night. The 4G pitch, I think, does make it a bit more difficult. Um, and it's a very big wide pitch as well. But a lot of seasoned campaigners in that. 3D team, I said it a few weeks ago, it won't be lost on the likes of Mark Ludden and then the current, that this is a real opportunity um, that may, may not come their way, you know, any anytime soon again. I remember being in dress rooms with, you know, with managers saying to players, this is this could be the highlight of your career. People don't realise it at the time, but for many of them, it'll probably be the biggest game that, that they'll ever be involved in. And from that point of view, they certainly shouldn't leave Enton behind um i think it's more it's going to be more about work rate you know and sheer hard graft and resilience you know and putting your body on the line and uh they'll certainly have to have a change of mindset um from last friday night but look it's 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 a different game again and i'm i'm sure tommy will have him ready um i'm sure he has a plan as well and it'll be interesting to see what his um first 11 will be and i know obviously we hear quips from tommy sometimes not playing down uh, treaties chances in, in league games against certain opposition but in fairness when I heard him in local media today he has said that you know when you're at this stage of the competition you have to believe you can win and that is certainly surely that of course through the veins of, of treaty players surely they have to believe that there's an opportunity there uh, to actually turn uh, Derry City over and um, I suppose as well Noel you know people are you know 
unsure as to what will happen in terms of the goalkeeping position. It's one we've discussed, obviously, maybe two or three times before as well. Conor Wynn started against Waterford United uh, last week. I'm sorry, Waterford FC is the known last week. Um, and obviously played in the FEI games before that. Now, there's two schools of thought on this note. There's people that say that Conor Wynn played because it's a warm-up for him starting against Derry City uh, at the weekend. And some say that maybe Tommy Barrett wanted to appease Conor Wynn and maybe let him down gently by playing him in the league game and having Jack Reddy, Jack Brady, excuse me, ready for the Derry game. I mean, what one do you fall under? Um, I I'm not sure in terms of appeasing anyone, but I think there's no doubt. But um, Jack Brady will be starting. Um, you know, we 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 would have been at the UCD game where, say, early in the game, kind of winning a couple of parries, if you like, and there was no one to. To pounce on him, we saw it again on Friday night where it looked like Waterford had scored, but it was it was it was ruled out for offside. I think there's no doubt that Jack is certainly the better um the better keeper of of the two, and um he'll certainly start I think on on Sunday. Yeah, and speaking of the approach, Noel, you mentioned it already. It's going to be about hard work, resilience, defending, throwing the bodies on the line. That's that's the minimum, unfortunately, it will take to to get Derry City uh, to the to the last few minutes of the game, maybe even even in a draw game. But in terms of the team, Noel, you did mention there about you know Willie Armstrong, Stephen Christopher, the reservations you had about the work rate on the wings. Um, look, we. Do you think that you know normally Tommy has played? We'll say maybe four three three or four two three one. In recent games, um, do you think it'll be more of a flat four-five-one? And if so, do you think maybe work rate on the wings will will Tommy kind of change things up and will he look at it and say maybe Willie Armstrong is too much of a risk in this game? I'll play Matt Keane because all, all they're going to be doing is sitting in, or do you play him because you know he might do something magical for you on the break? Yeah, and I think we've said this a few times, and I remember being told by an experienced manager, you know, be sure you're solid on one side of the pitch. Um, Whereas last Friday night, I think they weren't solid on either side of the pitch. I think in the last few weeks, I think Stephen Christopher has played more in the central role. Hmm. And I, I think he's done well. You know, it's probably his best four or five weeks of uh, of his time with Treaty. And uh, look, we assume that Dean George is out. There was no sign of him. And we hear that, you know, he's, he's media ligament um, damage, whatever. So I was surprised that Stephen Christopher didn't start in that kind of 10 role on um on. Friday night. Um, I do think that Matt Keane should start. I think, you know, traditionally, particularly last year when it was more of a backs against the wall season, if you like, I thought he was really good. And I was a bit surprised that he didn't get a, a an earlier or, or even a start and maybe get an hour into him or 70 minutes into him. I think it's uh, a player like him is certainly going to be important on that uh, right hand side of the pitch, you know, when you're faced with the likes of Michael Duffy, who, you know, a couple of years ago, I mean, was being spoken about as 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 a full Irish international and certainly has hit a bit of farm in, in the last few weeks with a with a with a few goals and he'll certainly be one to watch on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean some of the goals that Michael Duffy scored and all have been out of the blue in games. So it just shows you what you're up against. Even if Derry aren't playing well, some player like that can and Patrick McElhenney or the likes can can pull something out of the bag uh, from very little. Um, I suppose Noel, they got a bit of a taste of it, like you said, Treaty, especially the full backs as to what they might be facing like from Ryan Graydon and Michael Duffy the weekend last week against Waterford. And maybe being a bit unfair in some ways here, and I don't think this would happen, but maybe Ben O'Reardon, for instance, you know, looks to me more like a centre-back, has played as a, a centre-back before. On a pitch now, like Derry, as you said, so wide, where he might become isolated at times against the likes of a Michael Duffy. 
Um, do you think that, you know, would you have any fears on that front or, uh, or would, would you kind of stick with him in that position for this game? Yeah, I'm not quite sure what was happening on, on Friday. It's, sometimes it's difficult to see, but certainly he got a, a lot of dig outs, if you like, from Mark Walsh, I felt, in the first 25 or 30 minutes. I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And, you know, Jack Lynch's positioning was a bit strange. You know, he seemed to be isolated up the pitch with, with Ender Kern, like as if he had a detail to to man Mark Niall O'Keefe, which, you know, the way Waterford play, you know, you're as well off to sit in it in your own half of the pitch as opposed to have a kind of a 50-yard gap. And, you know, you could see the frustration. I know he was booked for, you know, Descent. not agreeing with uh, kind of what I thought was a stonewall, good decision by a referee, you know, a fantastic tackle in the box by Killian Cantwell when he just possessed uh, success Erdogan, who I thought kind of delayed a bit too long and, and getting his shot away, but um, you know, is he going to? Could he play uh, Jack Lynch there? I think he possibly could. Um, it's certainly there's certainly a lot of thought. Look, he'll be looking at the lads this week. Um, there's obviously going to be a lot of nervous energy around the place, you know, which is important to kind of dampen down all that because some guys can be spun out even before the game starts. But uh, um, I would definitely say that they need to be very compact, and Ben O'Reardon will certainly need a lot of help from the person whoever's in front of him. And certainly, again, from a figure like Mark Walsh, who would be to the left of him if if we think that's the way the, the back four will be picked. Yeah, and in terms of the approach to the game, no, before the game now, which is, you know, in, maybe in the day before it or the days leading up to it, but I know that when Tommy was asked uh, recently about, um, you know, the approach, will you go the night before the game or on the day of the game? I'm, I'm assuming Treaty will definitely go the night before. And he said, you know, You'd ideally prefer in some cases to have players in their own bed, but you know, the night before a game, but that's in an ideal world. And all I assume it is, it's non negotiable, the treaty will go up the night before. Yeah, I think it is. And I think you know, what we did, like, we didn't go all the way to Derry. I know we were playing the night and there was a bit of to and fro in the club. They seemed to be more anxious to be there to stay the night after the game so they could have a few drinks. But I was more interested in maybe what might happen in the game. We know you so, wouldn't be interested yeah. in a drink. <laughs> no, um, we actually stayed in Bundorn, you know, which like it, it broke the back of the of the journey because there was a long day, if you like, the following day with an even kickoff. But even if you know, Treaty, I think certainly would need to break the back of that journey on Saturday night, and uh, you know, you can plan your day then a bit easier in terms of your travel and your pre match, but it's certainly not a a trip to be made on 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 the day, particularly with a with a two o'clock kickoff. And I know that um <clears throat> obviously Treaty and when speaking to Jack Brady he said that they now train on Mondays and Wednesdays and all. I assume you'll have at least one more get together uh, before even a Saturday. You'd imagine before a game, or as you said, maybe the get together will be in, on Saturday uh, before you travel to Derry. Yeah, or possibly. Look, as you've already said, it there's a fairly strong. Galway contingent there. I'm sure that they could travel up and and do a session somewhere in Galway. I'm sure they have, you know, a club would help them out there and then maybe go from Galway up on on the Saturday evening. And that's probably the way to go, I'd say. Yeah, hopefully we will be discussing what we'll term as a miracle Noel, next week. It's 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 hard to believe the treaty will will come out with all due respect on the end of the result. But who knows? We could be in the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, no, five star maybe hotel the night before the game. Who knows? You'll, we could be discussing yeah, it. We'll yeah. have to be discussing our hotel plans as well as as well as treating the night for that show. 
<laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We'll have to be well fed, uh, well fed, well fed and found, I'd imagine. But just to move off the three D United um FAI Cup run now, no, a final note, um, you know, probably a sour note, I suppose, in, in some ways. Um the the Republic of Ireland uh, Euro twenty twenty-four draw um probably couldn't have been too much worse for Stephen Kenny because you know, look, we were expecting to get two fairly heavy hitters as the first and second seeds. We 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 weren't let down with that. There was Netherlands and France uh as the as the two uh, seeds ahead of us. We we were in the third pot. Um but unfortunately as well, Noel, what's gone under the radar slightly is we got one of the tougher teams probably in pot four as well, who would be right on a par with us at least, I'd imagine, really, especially on a on, a, on any given night. So uh, Stephen Kenny, although he says you know his players will be looking forward to it, um, which you know you will, and we do have performances in the team. Um, it, it was incredibly tough. Absolutely, yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the Greece one because, you know, the the probably the issue is is they may well get a good result against you know France or Netherlands, and then kind of you know people would say, oh, they've only Greece now, and they're always the ones that seem to be difficult for Ireland because look, we can go back over the years and. We've had some great performances against the like against the like of Italy and Germany, and even the Portugal performances by Ireland. You know, twelve or eighteen months ago were were not too bad either. And you'd have to think that you know that the team will be better next March. You know, and uh, I think I wouldn't be that particularly worried about those games. I think those games look after themselves. You know, obviously it'll be unrealistic to think that we'll win too many of them, but uh, I think the the group for Ireland will be kind of decided on the two games against Greece. And that's probably the the game that will give you the most worry. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose what, what irks you a tiny bit more, Noel, is when you look at maybe like the group that Northern Ireland got and you see Denmark, Finland, Slovenia, and you think to yourself, if we had that, we might have had some more of a chance. But as you said, though, you know, Ireland have a tendency to be able to get themselves up for big performances against bigger teams. But, you know, it's when we have to open up and attack sides and, and, and go out and, and get results and wins ourselves when the impetus is on our own players is when we really struggle and and you hope by the time that that comes around all that maybe that I suppose this is the defining moment for Stephen Kenny isn't it it's what he's been building up for for the last couple of years he's always said that you know qualification for the Euros is where he'll really be judged he's even said it himself and most commentators have said that so you know unfortunately the start isn't great he's got France in the first game but you know this is probably a, a defining period now in the first few months of that for, for Stephen Kenny. Well, I think there's no doubt about that. It is a defining moment, but I suppose <laughs> if you want to if you if you want to go out in a place of glory, you may as well do it against the likes of France and, and Holland and not be doing it against the likes of Slovenia and maybe, you know, hmm. North Macedonia, who would be another one that people would look at and think that, you know, that's a handy kind of a match yet, you know, they they put it up to a lot of teams in in, in in the last two years, but certainly they're massive games for you know for the likes of ourselves to look forward to. It'll be just fantastic to see the likes of uh, Mbappe, for example, and Griezmann, and the likes are the likes of maybe Paul Pogba, and you know playing against this Irish team. And as I said already, they're the games that the Irish team you know they seem to overachieve in those matches. So um, look at something to look forward to. Absolutely, and thanks once again to Noel O'Connor. And as we said on a final note, we wish Treaty United the best luck on the Sunday, and we will be glued to it ourselves. Uh, quite uh, unfamiliar, I suppose, of us to be watching on, on RT2 and, and not being at, at the away game, but uh, hopefully they can, can do it. Um, and thanks once again, Noel.